Hi, this is Olivia Cook. And I'm Amber Duffney. And this is The Empowered Woman. Badass and unfiltered. We show women that they can still be a badass, make a difference in the world, leave a legacy, all while rocking their femininity. Now let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered podcast. I'm Amber Duffney, and I am here today with the lovely Wani Manley Esquire. Wani is a corporate business and trademark law attorney. She's also an international speaker, a consultant, a two-time best-selling author, and a certified life coach. She's the founder of Where Inspiration Meets Law, which provides legal contracts and document templates for entrepreneurs, coaches, heart-centered and impact-driven businesses, helping them legally protect their businesses while fulfilling their purpose-driven mission in the world. So thank you so much for being here, Wani. Uh, Thank you so much, Amber. Thanks for having me. All the way from Paris. <laughs> yes, from Miami, by through Miami. <laughs> yes, it's it's amazing how we get to. I mean, technology can be a pain in the rear end sometimes, but it's also pretty awesome how we get to you know connect with different people from across the world. I mean, I'm in little old Halifax, Nova Scotia, and you're like across the pond, and it's uh, it's very cool. So, yeah, so thank you, Wani, for being with uh, with us today. Um, we're going to talk today about your journey on, you know, taking the plunge as you called it and kind of what, what caused you to pick up and and move all the way across the ocean to France and kind of what got in your way or what could have gotten in your way that you didn't let happen. And, uh, and what has kind of blossomed for you since you've, since you've taken that plunge. Well, you know, I would say that, you know, I have been literally living a life of exploration, just living, I've lived in five different countries. Um, and usually there was actually a purpose for like age. I was, I went to school where my parents from Liberia in West Africa. So I lived there as well too. But with France, it was just a completely something that showed up in my life in 2011. Uh, I was living in Miami and I woke up on New Year's Eve that one day I had all these plans to go out and partying with my friends. And at that time, like my life was not the best. Um, I came out of a relationship, my new business, my law firm wasn't doing quite so well. And I decided to stay at home and pretty much meditate and to analyze my life and to look at what, you know, what had gone wrong that year. I did a very organic uh, process of literally looking at the things I had accomplished the first year, I mean that year. Then I looked at all the things I had failed at, which is like a much longer list. And then I went to um, looking at all the limiting beliefs that I had about myself. I wrote all of it down a piece of paper and I literally got on all hands and knees and asked the universe to ask to please help me to let go of it because I've been on a spiritual journey on a per- in personal development. I, you know, come to the awareness that everything that was happening in my life was of, of, was of my creation based on my programming. And the next part of the day I had, um, 
got in a journal and it was had the word imagine on there. And I literally wrote in there everything I wanted to be, do, or have it to experience in the following year. And I always feel like I wrote that particular day what Elon Musk must think like on a regular basis because I was like really writing out like just so far out there. And when midnight struck, I, you know, I, I passed out. I took a glass of champagne. I passed out because it was, I had been at it since six o'clock that morning. And then what happened to me was like literally three days later, I started having this phenomenon in Miami where I started getting all of these signs pointing me into Paris, France, French culture. It was all things Paris. I didn't ever been to Miami before. Miami is like 99.9% Latin America. You know, in fact, they call it North Cuba because there's predominantly a lot of Cubans that are there. And it was just bizarre because like I had zero connections to uh, to to France. I wasn't a typical American, all you know, Google Gaga crazy and obsessed with everything that's just made in France. So it was just very bizarre that all of a sudden, like my entire world and you know Miami, which is heavily Spanish based, all became all of a sudden like I was in this world of France. And so at the very beginning, um, there were about five to six or seven signs, and then I was like, this is absolutely insane. And so actually, I came to Paris for my birthday in February to see, okay, what's yeah. the message? And I was here for four days, nothing, but I, I got a cold because it was so freaking cold here. And I came like dressed <laughs> like I was in Miami because in Miami we have a, you know, we don't have a winter there, right? We can, I mean, we're, in, we're, we're swimming like in December. So I was so cold. And then I went to the Riviera and while I was there, I went to every single, um, city except for Central Pay when I was in Monaco, I had this very weird um, experience where everything looked familiar to me, like super familiar, like people, I knew where to go supposedly. And it was like, this is just really insane. I remember coming out of a cafe and just coming across this huge water fountain with two fishes, which I'm a Pisces. And that's like, it was a fine. And I finally heard your life is in transition from a lawyer to a writer. And I listened, I was like, okay, like big freaking deal. Like it wasn't like a big like revolution to me at the because I had she was like blogging for a well-known um French writer I had met in the spiritual path. She was connected like Deepak Chopra. She had like a huge database. And so I was blogging for her website and I was getting a lot of like, you know, hits, you know, from mine. But it just for me that message was not like, you know, oh my God, like stop everything and, and run. So I went back to Miami thinking I'll be the end of it. And it actually wasn't. And the signs actually like went full force. It went from five to seven to like 10, 15, sometimes even 20. Um, to wow. the point where I would say like, if I had any doubt I was supposed to be coming to Paris, all I needed was the Eiffel Tower to erect itself and land in my loft in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> it was just insane. So one day in August, I mean, these signs were every single day. One day in August, I was working downtown at a client site. And I remember like just kind of being up high and like, just seeing yellow butterflies flying. I was like, this is not really weird to see butterflies flying as high. The minute I, I heard that, I just like heard move. And I looked at my boobs and I just heard move to Paris a little bit louder, but still a whisper. And I thought about it for like, I don't know, like nanosecond or whatever. And I just, I just said yes, you know, energetically to the universe. And at the time I had my loft on the, on the mark, on the market. And it was just sitting because it was in the, it was in the height of the, the whole U.S., uh, the crisis or whatever. And within like, I don't know, 10 days, um, a buyer showed up, the bank accepted the sale. Um, I sold my, my loft. I sold my car. I gave away all my things to different charities. I only kept like the best of the best. And one of that was like my legal files, because as an attorney, I have to keep client files for seven years. And I right. came to Paris without knowing a single person, not one word of French, not having a plan A, plan B or plan C, or not just having a clue as to what I would do when I would actually come here. 
But I always knew people that I didn't come to Paris, Paris called me to it. And I just trusted that whatever force was pulling me here, that it would present itself as to whatever the hell I was supposed to be doing when I got here, it would just like present itself to me. That's incredible. That's incredible. (laughs) That's crazy too, right? (laughs) You know, it's funny because, Wani, I think a lot of people have moments where the universe is giving hints um, and clues. And I think the biggest misconception people have is that the universe doesn't give us clues. I think it's that we aren't listening. I think that when you when you went and you sat down on that New Year's Eve and you really dug into what you wanted your life to look like and you know what had been getting in your way thus far and just kind of almost um, what's the word I'm looking for like s- surrendering almost to to whatever was supposed to happen. Yeah, that seems like that's probably, you know, what, what triggered things and, and what allowed you to see the messages that the universe was giving you. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, for, I can tell you for that day, I have never been in such a state of surrender to what I wanted my life to look like, you know, because ever since I was six years old, I've always said I wanted to do two things, which were to live between the United States and Europe. And then I wanted to have, you know, three, uh, three homes just kind of, and live seasonally all over the world. And I had, you know, I was, I had insatiated in Miami. I'd been there, done that. I was bored. I was like, okay, I need a new adventure, you know? And it was just, I had no idea. Nothing that I wrote that day said, I want to move. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that whatever I have, Miami and I were just done, you know? And I didn't know where I was. And it's really strange. I have always wanted to live in Italy. And um, Italy I is a place I would love that. to go to. <laughs> You know, I, I I used to live there as well, too, briefly when I, I did part of my legal studies there. But France was just completely or Paris was just completely out of the out of the, you know, the the trajectory. But, yeah, it was a place of, of deep surrendering to and getting quiet. And I think we're mm. so distracted that we don't get we don't hear. Yeah. But the universe is always speaking to us all the time. Absolutely. We're so busy. We're so go, 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 especially us entrepreneurs. (laughs) We don't have uh, a speed other than, you know, 100 miles an hour, I think sometimes. And it is so valuable to sit and, uh, you know, and ponder, (laughs) ponder your navel, I always joke and say, but, you know, it's, it's crucial for you to, to do that in order to find your true path. And that's, I think that's a big piece that people just want to skip past, right? Because it's uncomfortable and it's not (laughs) (laughs) right. Yeah. I mean, this year has definitely allowed a lot of people some of that downtime and not even allowed forced it. Um, And I'm talking to a lot of people who are making some different some making some transitions in their lives, some pretty big ones, because, you know, what's happened in the state of the world has changed the way they see themselves, the way they see the world, how they want to show up in the world. Um, And that is key to be able to see that is that is that downtime. 
Well, you know, believe it or not, I have not had the downtime that everyone talks about. It's been the most, the busiest year I've ever had in my life. I've never worked so hard. Um, I have not had a break at all. Um, I've, <laughs> I've created a brand new business out of the lockdown. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I have been literally like rolling it out. I mean, literally from August, uh, I'm sorry, April 6th up until now, I'm still reviewing the contracts. <laughs> it's just like, wow. I, so I, I have not, I didn't quite get that time to reflect, but I've had to do it on like weekends or daily and take walks. But, you know, I'm actually looking forward to doing what I did you know, years ago in Miami where I just says, you know what, it's just going to be, everything's going to be off. It's going to be me and my internals and just like, okay, what's the next step? Because yeah, you know, um, I know for me, life has turned out to a different meaning um, mm-hmm. in terms of what I really, really want. I, you know, that has been at the forefront because I mean, you can't go anywhere at this point. You can't do right. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Travel is kind of uh, tricky these days. Yeah. Even local travel here. I mean, like I, we were talking earlier before the show started that, you know, I've been in a real lockdown. I mean, yeah. Europeans are in a real lockdown compared to North America. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it forces us to, you know, to find joy in other ways, I guess. Um, so I'd like to back up a little. I want I, I'd love for you to kind of tell people tell our listeners what happened when you, you know, when you first moved to Paris, because you had said um, that when you were in Miami, your, your law business wasn't taking off as much as you'd like. And you were kind of almost in a little bit of a rut, dare I say, I'm not, you didn't use that word, but that kind of came to me. Um, and then you went to, to Paris, what changed? Well, I would say that, so I, I didn't just start at that point in time. I didn't, my firm had been going, you know, for a couple of years. And so, I mean, like any other business, it was experiencing, you know, a downtime, like any, like any other business. Right. Um, and it, was in the, it wasn't at that time, it was in the crisis, the housing crisis were, you know, what had erupted. So it was just like, it was just like a, a normal dip that, you know, any entrepreneur actually experienced. Um, what changed for me when I got to Paris was an opening up of my creativity in a way that I've never, ever experienced it before. And because when I came to Paris, I was just an attorney. And, um, but now she says just an attorney. I mean, (laughs) let's be real. That's, that's an accomplishment on on its own, Lonnie. Let's be real. But I, I know what you mean that you were, that was the one thing that you defined yourself as you didn't, hadn't explored all this other stuff. Exactly. And I never, ever saw myself doing the things that I, that I do now. You know, it's so funny. Like I, I, you now I'm an international speaker. I stood in my speaking career here in Paris in a place where no speakers allegedly come out of, you know, everything's in the U S and, you know, and, and London, you know, but I should have, I mean, paid, we're talking paid speaking, you know, um, right. I became a, a best-selling author. I've got, a, I've got, you know, uh, two books under my belt. I just published one with an annotation or being part of a book annota- a book anthology. I have my other books, you know, coming out uh, next year. Um, and now I'm like an adjunct professor. So I, I, all these other things just open up. And I always say that what happened to me here in Paris is I met a part of me that I've never met before and I, which I was never given permission to probably meet her. Oh, uh, father- I love that. Say that again. I met a part of me in Paris that I had never met before and that mm. probably I was never given permission or allowed to meet her because I, you know, I grew up as a, in a very, my father was a former minister of finance for Liberia. And so I grew up in a very diplomatic ambassadors, you know, a household of like, that was like 
who I was, I was hanging out at the, at the executive mansion, which is our equivalent to the White House. You know, my right. father's a dignitary, you know? And so I grew up in that, you know, dignitary news, foreign affairs type environment. And I was, you know, law just seems like the natural. I mean, I wanted to work, be, work for the UN. Um, I wanted to be secretary of state, like Madeleine Albright was like my idol at the time when I was, you know, uh, forming like what I wanted to be. Yeah. But I could never, and I didn't, that part of me to be a writer or to be a speaker or to figure out that I could do other things with the, outside of my brain was just not ever encouraged in like, you know, in my household or in typically African households, right? It's a very about oh. education. It's all about like, you know, like the big, the big things, like the doctors, the accountants, you know, like high, high, high positions, right? Right. And so what, what Paris or France has done for me is just say, you're so much more than that, you know? And mm. now I've created this life where I'm doing it all. I'm, I, I perfectly am blending in the, because I'm a hardcore business lawyer with foot planted in the money world. Yes. But I'm also very much on a spiritual path with Indian teachers and Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, and then as a whole personal development, you know, new age stuff on all the law of attraction stuff, you know, I can play in that as well too. Yes. But I just, I just became, I, I became who I'm actually meant to be. And I, it's still a process, but I could have, oh, I yeah. didn't really have that in Miami or right. up, up into my life leading up to Miami because I was just on a path of, I'm an attorney. Yeah. So that's, that's, phenomenal and you know I get goosebumps when I hear you know you say that because it's it's so clear that that move was synergistic that move was you know came out of nowhere like you said it wasn't anything you'd planned before and now that you get to now you get to explore and develop that creative side of yourself that you weren't really ever encouraged to explore before Mm -hmm. and it's it's turning you into the person you were always meant to be which is phenomenal (laughs) yeah I think so too (laughs) it's amazing it's so amazing so let me ask you this Mm -hmm. for for anybody that might be listening that you know has a dream in their heart and just doesn't really know where to start or what kind of, you know, path to take. What, what advice would you give them? Someone who, who wants to, to make a big shift in their life in some way, shape or form or start something new, but has a lot of fear around it and doesn't know where to start. What advice would you give them? Well, the first thing I'm going to say, I want them to trust, um, trust what's in their heart. Mm. And I, I want to illustrate this because I can tell you that uh, one of my, my vision for my life as a, you know, as a, as a married woman, as with a family is living in multiple, having multiple homes and having my kids grow up in different countries. Right. Mm-hmm. And living this kind of life where my kids are traveling around the world. And everybody that I've told that to like, Oh my God, you're so unrealistic. And I'll tell you 10 years ago, I went to, I took a two week holiday with my massage therapist and his wife, and they took a group to, uh, to Thailand um, for like a month, right? And I, I joined them for two weeks after. So we did the first week in Chiang Mai. And then the second week we were doing island hop, we went to three different islands. And the first island we went to, our, um, I forget what the name of it is, but then the, it was all like five, it was like the, at the four seasons, right? And then the second place we went to was a dump. 
It was one of these, <laughs> well, according to me anyway, but they actually liked it. So apparently it was one of these, it was, I forget, the, it was Kopenya in, in Thailand. And then we went to this, play this resort that was only accessible by, by uh, a small fisher's boat. It was very secluded and it was owned by this like very wealthy Scottish men where it was like one of these like kind of like therapeutic lodges or whatever. You kind of go do like, you know, okay. different alternative healings, things like that. But for some reason, this place had a reputation or a vortex of where people would go there. And lots of Canadians, yeah. by the way, would go there and never go home again ever. Wow. <laughs> There's something drawing people there. <laughs> there is something. I'm telling you, and I was miserable. I hated it because we were from the freaking four seasons, like literally like sleeping in our clothes and like, you know, with bats flying up and, you know, in the, in the villa we were in. And I was terrified <laughs> and everybody was like loving it. And I was just like hating life. And I was like, why the hell am I here? Right. Because I believe that I create all of my experiences. Right. And when I was there, there was a there was a sun yogi. This is the famous yogi who discovered that we don't need to necessarily eat. We can get our nutrients if we look at the sun a certain way. And I had just recently learned about him. But I knew, okay, I had taken a class with him, but I knew that's not why I was at that island. And one day while everybody was out enjoying life and I was all pissed off on the beach, like meditating, I was sitting there and his fishing boat was coming towards me. And I could just see like this radiant like light come like the sun reflecting from this boat. Like, and it was a it was a Canadian couple, by the way. Nice. It was a uh, it was a Jamaican black guy with a, with a, a, a white Canadian woman, and had this beautiful biracial daughter. And as they were coming towards me, I just and I was seeing what I was seeing from a distance was the the radiance of the little girl, just like beautiful blonde curly hair, beautiful mixture of the two of the parents. Mm. And as they were coming towards me, I just intuitively knew this is why I'm here to have, she has a message for me. And I discovered that they were from Canada, they were from Toronto, and they had came to the, the resort and never ever went back home. And they had been raising their daughter, like, you know, kind of like traveling like a nomad. The daughter spoke six languages. That's and it was amazing. that what was in my heart about the life I wanted to have and the family life that I wanted to have was possible because Absolutely. I was, around, you know, I'm around all kinds of traditional people of you can't, you can't have that. Mm. So I shared the story to say, first and foremost, trust whatever you're holding in your heart. It's meant, it's there for a reason. It's meant for you to actually fulfill it and don't listen to anybody else. The second thing I would say to bring it into fruition is to follow your curiosity, okay? Mm. The thing about the sign is that you're not going to get the whole master plan all laid out in front of you. No. You're doesn't gonna, work yeah. that way, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be too easy. It takes the fun out of it. <laughs> exactly. And you would never agree to be actually exactly what all you're about to like, you, you were actually about to get into. So exactly. <laughs> You know, you'll probably be like, oh, how, if I would have known that I would have come to Paris and struggle learn French and, you know, literally cry the first time I tried to wash my clothes because I couldn't figure out how to, where to put the soap. And I felt so like an idiot because I hear you're a freaking lawyer and you can't figure out like where to put the soap. <laughs> right. You know, I just feel like, you know, you're less of a person. I, I, I don't think I would have signed up for that. You know what right. I mean? I would have been like, you no, know, take me to like, you know, where Italy, where I know the culture, the language a little bit better. And so I would say, yeah, follow your curiosity and just, and it's just, and, and your curiosity would actually take you to like, where are you trying to go? But then also too, it's not really about the, the, the destination, but about the journey. And you are going to run into, you, you are going to go through the whole dark night of the soul because it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual 
program or a pilgrimage you're actually going under. Like you're not going to just completely lose your life and like things not really shift, you know, inter- internally like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any major change, it, it doesn't come without some blood, sweat and tears, as they say. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a, it's like, um, you know, a caterpillar, you know, in the cocoon and turning into a butterfly, like to, to, for a butterfly to break out of that cocoon is not easy. (laughs) They struggle a lot, but the process, the journey is all worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the journey, enjoy the journey because that's, that's what life is about. Right. Yeah, and I will also say that as you begin to enjoy the process and the journey, the suffering stops. Because, and I'm saying that to you, like looking back in hindsight, like, because I'm not going to, my friends thought I was just here, you know, just drinking, you know, champagne and baguettes and just like, like I'm on a holiday. I'm like, dude, no, I'm not. Like, I'm actually like here trying to figure out my life and my left from my right, you know? Yeah. And it, there was this moments of suffering. I mean, yeah, it's been everything beautiful, but it's also been hellish as well too. Like, let's just be real. Like I came here not knowing one word of French. Yeah. That's crazy to me. <laughs> that's not crazy in a bad way. I mean, crazy for me to ever think of myself doing that. That terrifies me. That is super brave. I guess crazy is a bad word. Brave as F, right? <laughs> I'll say that. It's crazy too. I mean, I say it's crazy as well too. And I, I go to moments, even today, I, I just, you know, the bureaucracy here is just like, it's unfathomable, you know? And I'm like, there. today I wanted to go back to the United States after like being here for such a long time, but it's like, you go through all, and I just have to remind myself with, you know what, uh, you know, when you just start to like have a different perception of it, you stop the suffering, you know, but it's the being attached to, it is supposed to be like topsy-turvy and, you know, and it's an adventure, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's meant to take you out of your, your autopilot, your monotony. And, you know, for a lot of us, a boring life, mm-hmm. you know, ones that we had actually, even if it wasn't like in Miami, if you saw my Facebook, I was, you know, out partying and I, yeah, I had a great time. But I had done what I needed to do in Miami. It was hard for me to do like another, create something completely different with my life, which is what I did right. here. And, you know, it's funny because um, like when you go from one, it's like you have seasons in your life, I guess. And mm-hmm. when I see people, and I know people like this, and you probably do too, we all do, who just, you know, get up go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed and rinse and repeat for 30 years. That makes me want to vomit. And I just don't understand how people get stuck in that trap without wanting more. But I think, I think a lot of it has to do with not realizing, not allowing yourself to dream. And, and, and believing what, like what you said about being the nomad with your children. I know people who do that. It's called world schooling. And there's definitely people who do that successfully and have a lovely, happy life. Although, of course, they have downtimes, just like everybody. Everybody has crap in their life, no matter what yeah. their life is. But not listening to your inner truth, I guess, and not allowing yourself to dream. And letting other people put caps on what you can and can't do. 
that's no way to friggin' live, man. No. Not at all. And you just went for it. And I, you know, I admire you for that. That's, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. So now that you're, you've been, how long have you been in Paris? So I've been here, <clears throat> I've been here um, consistently since last May. So I've been, okay. I initially arrived in 2012. Um, I was never here consistently. So I was, I was doing like two months, two to three months here. Then I'll go back to Miami. And then eventually, because at first, when I first arrived, um, I didn't think, I mean, I was like, okay, I came here, but it, I didn't really believe I was actually supposed to be living here. Um, so I came for two months, went back to Miami for three months, and then I came back for three, and I went back to Miami for six, and I and I came back and I got a visa. I came back here in 2013, but then I started to live, I will live here um, from like February until December, and I would go back to Miami. December, I would spend the holiday, the winter, the winters there, and then come back to Paris. And then in 2017, I left to go and change my French visa. And then I was gone for two years, and then I came back last year in May. So I've been consistently living here, where there is no more going back to Miami and living life, you know, in both both countries um, since last May. Okay. Yeah. And so, what what has been the biggest? I mean, we talked about a lot of things, but what what has been the biggest reward for you? choosing to trust yourself and trust your trust the universe you know it, for me it's just, it's been living life my way you know and living a life that you know i you know my main message my book is uh one of my books that publishes you know get out of survival mode and live the life that you really want and you know i'm so like you know getting to where i ultimately really wanted to be but I've, i'm i'm living my life the way that i've always wanted you know which is you know living europe you know, and then going to the U.S. and um, I, I just I've carved out a way for myself that just that's that's successful for me. It may not be for everybody else, but for me, it's more important for me to live the life that I really want and live life on my own terms than to live a life that society is telling me I need to actually live and to be like. And so for me, that's been the biggest reward. Um, it has not been that easy. And I'm very upfront with people because a lot of Americans that are here try to paint this picture. And I'm like, we all know what the real deal is because living a life of an expat is not quite, I mean, it can't be very lonely. Yeah. Uh, but you find yourself, you know what I mean? Like there, it can be a lot of solitude, like where you don't really connect with people. And when you talk about people, you know, doing the same thing for 30 years, I mean, that's that's what Europe is, you know, like they don't quite do what we North Americans, especially Americans like jump around and, and try different things. So, um, it, yeah, it really has allowed me to live the life that um, I wanted to live and just the kind of experience is no limits, you know, mm -hmm. because everyone's just like, you know, there's, and I think, you know, especially like what we're going through now where we have governments telling us what to do, when to leave our houses and all these things like that. And people, you know, you know, it's, it's so against the divine. Like, yes. you know, we were born free and now we have governments telling us we're not free or they're, they're doing things to restrict us from that. But you just really get to just to find out who you really are, what you actually are made of, you know? And, um, and that's how you really transform, you know? It's not really doing all this like affirmation work and all this like stuff you're hearing, seeing online in the industry. I'm like, no, it's after getting a living and living the stuff you're reading and telling people to actually do. Now, 
I did it from Paris. I'm not saying everybody has to, but. Um, no, of course. Yeah. But- that was just your path. It, it's more about trusting, trusting the universe and, and getting quiet and, and being able to listen to the cues that the universe gives you and, and going for it. Right. Whatever that it is for you, it was moving to Paris Yeah. for someone else. It could be starting a new business for someone else. It could be having a child. Or leave your husband. You know, or... What's that? <laughs> yeah. I, I said, or leave, right. leave your husband or get out of a relationship. Absolutely. You know what that's, I mean? That's, yeah. That can be a, you know, a, a big change on its own, especially if you've been in a relationship that hasn't been healthy and, and you, you know, time to get out. That's, that's a major shift. And if you know that that's right, I mean, that's part of my story and it was the best thing I ever did as much as it's been difficult, (laughs) you know, raising two kids, co-parenting. It has been worth all the difficult times because I know that it was the right thing to do for both of us, for all of us involved, the kids, him and myself. So yeah, trusting mm-hmm. your gut. So uh, before we end, I, I want to thank you again so much for for being here with us and, and sharing your story. And I know that your story will inspire will inspire other gals and potentially men who listen. Uh, we have a lot of women um, women uh, listeners, but I'm sure we'll have the odd male uh, listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Goes for everybody. But before we go, uh, tell everybody a little bit about your, you said you have two books. So just give us a little bit of info on those and where someone might be able to find them. And if someone wanted to reach out to you around, you know, contracts and things like that for their business, how they can, how they can connect with you. Sure. So my first book is called uh, Get Out of Survival Mode and Live the Life That You Really Want. And that's available on Amazon and uh, uh, paperback as well as the digital copy. And that's a personal development book, like literally looking at all the limiting beliefs that we have, the attitudes and, you know, beliefs that we have that keeps us in life to struggle and survival and not actually living in lives that we really want and actually thrive and actually how to get out of it. Um, the next book that I will publish now is called um, There's Truth and There's Spirituality. Mm. And that's a book about the spiritual path, like what really happens to you when you get on it and nobody tells you about. Um, and like just really like giving you, it's a, I, I'm, I'm giving a tea on the spiritual path. Like it's not what all, what is all it's, it's cracked up to be. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? All of it, the, you know, the messiness, you know? Um, and, and I just tell people exactly what it is. You know, it's not all, you know, going to, you know, the yoga and doing, you know, wearing Lululemon and having a green juice and putting a picture up and saying, hi, I'm so happy. Look at me. But it's like, not, you're going to be facing every single fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Running away from And then my third book um, is um, my Paris memoir. It's called 84 Rue um, That um, I don't know when that's going to be done sometime next year, but it literally is my memoir of everything that's happened to me since I, you know, that New Year's Eve and how I was bold enough to actually come to Paris and what that life has actually has been like. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I'll be focusing on, you know, you know, focusing on for next year. But those, like the first ones is available on, um, on, um, on Amazon. And then the other one, we're still working on what's going to be a national publisher or okay. it's going to be um, a self-published book. So, um, but it's slated for 2021. 
As far as my my you know my the legal contracts for where inspiration meets law, my website is inspirationmeetslaw.com. Mm-hmm. And so what it is is a legal template business for coaches, online business and entrepreneurs, where you can get all your legal contracts um, and just really get your business like to be legal so you're not out here running your business like completely exposed and at risk of getting sued. Or a lot of people right now are actually in my inbox asking, you know, how do I get my money back from this coach who didn't show up or who didn't deliver their work? So right. um, I think you are from Congress as well too. So reach out to me um, and I'd be more than actually help you. And I mean, I my you know, my, my website is inspiration meets law. You can definitely contact me there. That's going to be my, that's my new hub. Okay. And I'm Facebook as well too. Facebook is my, is my main social media where I hang out the most. So awesome. Perfect. And I will, um, when we're done recording, I will uh, grab the, that info and write it out in the show notes. So, um, so thank you again, Wani. So great to, uh, to connect. I know we've connected on social media, but we haven't had a chance to really have a conversation before today. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we got the opportunity to do that. And you were willing to share, share your story with, uh, with our, our people and our followers and um, look forward to maybe having you on another time. I would love to. I thank you so much. I mean, it's, you know, I, I love this. I love about social media or Facebook. It's like you meet wonderful people, you have these conversations. So I actually love doing, you know, talking, connecting with people because, you know, it's just all about commenting and, you know, people posting stuff, but it's like, I want to, I, I, I want to connect with people, you know, and this was actually before even the whole lockdown thing, but, you know, however I can, you know, I can be of service to you and your listeners, Um, you know, Amber, you have a friend, you know, so I always, I, I extend that to all of the people who've invited me to the inner podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So check the show notes, folks, for uh, ways to get in touch with Wani. And uh, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who would be an amazing guest, you can check the show notes for the email for myself uh, and Olivia Cook, my uh, co-partner here. And we will uh, we'll chat with you next time.